Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NFL. Scott Foles back off the couch and back in the locker room. Matt Nagy was the offense coordinator at that time. That's when Foles got that confidence back. And any time Foles has been playing well, he plays with confidence. That's Bruce Kredkowski, former NFL quarterback. Thanks for joining us on this. Today's Thursday? Yeah, Thursday morning. That earthquake knocked us off, but we're back today. And we've got a full show planned, and that's uh, talking about Nick Foles. Nick Foles has had an interesting run here. (laughs) The only, you know, he is the only solo, there is no other one besides him to go to the University of Arizona and be a quarterback and be drafted. There has not been any other University of Arizona quarterback to get drafted. Nick Foles is that. And he's had a very interesting career. We know he comes off the bench a couple years back to win the Super Bowl, then goes down to Jacksonville with a big old pile of cash. Now he's on his way to the Chicago Bears in exchange for a fourth-round compensatory pick. Not a regular pick, a compensatory pick. Whatever that means, I don't know. Essentially, you're getting a pick back for a player you may have let go or had signed with another team. Now you can trade those, so they're going to be start becoming trade chips. Oh yes, yeah. I, re- I really concern myself with what's on the field rather than what's off the field. He signs a four-year deal with Jacksonville last year. His restructures deal with the Bears, allowing Foles to void the deal after either of the first two years, depending on the upside of his performance. Wow! But the big thing is he's get twenty-one million dollars guaranteed. That's what matters the most. He's a I don't know that anybody, I can compare him to anybody as far as a quarterback in the NFL who's had a run like he has, uh, good and bad, and experienced extreme highs. You know, I was watching some stuff since there's no sports to watch off, watching stuff about Foles uh, doing stuff on the NFL, and they went through that play in great detail where he lines up and gets the ball. Yeah, and they're talking about they're saying it's the most famous play in Super Bowl history. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But it's certainly a memorable play. And for someone who's basically been a journeyman to be a part of that, that's sort of incredible for old Nick Foles. So we'll see what happens with him. And does he wrestle that job away? Do the, what do the Bears do at quarterback now? Do they go with him? And he's had his moments. But and then Jacksonville, he got hurt. And then I think the, uh, the bigger thing here, rather than Foles going to... Chicago is that Minshew, the guy from Washington State, looks like that's who's going to be the quarterback in Jacksonville. And he's had a great story, too, because, what, he was out of East Carolina and then goes as a grad transfer and considered going to Alabama to basically learn how to coach or yeah, something. Yeah, he was going to be essentially a graduate yeah. assistant. <laughs> yeah. And then Leach is like, hey, how much actually come play for me? Right, and so then he goes up to Pullman. And he has the mustache, and he was great, and all that stuff. And then he, he was a later-round pick. Uh, what, what round did he go in? It's Fifth or fourth. sixth, yeah, I yeah. think. And so then he gets this opportunity. You never really know what these quarterbacks, these high-level guys. I mean, there's supposed to be five guys maybe in the first round this year that are quarterbacks, including Jordan Love. And we don't really know. I mean, Mitchell went low. 
and there he is in his first year. Now it looks like he's going to be the starter going into camp whenever they should have camp and all that stuff. Hopefully it's on schedule, but we'll see how that plays out. And so good on him, and uh, we'll see uh, what he can do there. Josh Gordon, former Ute. Josh Gordon, never played. He intends to play this season. He works his way back from an indefinite suspension. You know, he was suspended for violating the performance-enhancing substances and all that stuff. His sixth NFL suspension since 2013. I find myself rooting for Josh Gordon to see if there's any way that he can get himself on the field and stay on the field. Well, the thing about that, PK, is I wonder how this new CBA where they're not going to suspend guys for marijuana... How yeah. that affect him. I wonder if that's all it was for him. Well, that's the question. Yeah. Yeah. Was that the only thing? Uh, so, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Former Ute Nate Orchard re-signs with Washington. I saw that for Kyle Fa- uh, Kyler Fackle from Utah State uh, going to the Giants. Correct. As a linebacker. And uh, we know he's been in the league. He's got to be approaching, what, four years by now? Can't remember specifically when he left. Logan, but he's carved out a nice career for him. Get that pension as much as you can, that's for sure. Talking to former NFL guys, that's a big deal if you can get that. And then our man, the only University of Arizona tight end drafted. I don't know that, but it sounds good. I know the Foles thing. Uh, He's going to host the WWE's signature event in Orlando on the 4th and 5th of April. We'll see. It's supposed to be his name, Rob Gronkowski. Uh, Rob, everybody knows who that I'm is. I'm just, you didn't say his name. So. I refuse to say his name. Oh, you, okay. No, I just, we're not, I will not the say The artist his name. formerly known as Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> He's, there are going to be no fans in attendance. We'll see if that's actually going to happen. All right, the NFL continues to be the dominant story as far as active news and what's going on, but there's other stuff, and we'll get to that now. Hashtag college football. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey reiterated yesterday that spring football games are canceled. Spring practice is not for the conference's football program. So, football programs. So, what does that mean? Uh, April 16th, they have a self imposed reevaluation deadline on the 16th of April, which obviously is less than a month. That doesn't mean we'll be back to normal or back to practice activities after April 16th. Sankey said in a conference call with reporters, made himself available. That's good. Have as much media availability as you possibly can. Then he says it was just a date that will allow our administrators to communicate with coaches, our coaches with their student athletes that have resulted in the departures from campus. Sankey's also hopeful that the regular season football and all sports will be back as regularly scheduled. Well, that would be a massive blow. We're already suffering massive blows as it is. But to think that the season wouldn't start on time, and I heard something about they were saying that the game down at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas, is that I was down there, what, uh, two weeks ago now? Uh, no, I guess it was just last week uh, for the basketball West Coast uh, Conference Tournament and then the Pac-12 a little bit before that got stopped. And you could see, obviously, the stadium is making pretty good progress right there along I-15, just uh, south of uh, Tropicana there. Uh, so we'll have to see how that plays. But they're supposed to have the first game, the Bears of Cal and UNLV, yep. uh, the end of August, right? A little bit August before. August 29th. Yeah. And I saw something yesterday that said that might be in doubt. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess everything's in doubt at this point. And who knows when it'll be no longer be in doubt. All right, let's move on to the NBA. Hashtag NBA. 
I honestly don't know just because I don't have a good enough sense of how long a period this is going to be. As I said, I mean, even the fact that we were using the word hiatus just a week ago and that sort of the implication was a short amount of time. I, I think I said last Thursday, not less than 30 days just to give some guidance to our teams and players. But at this point, I really don't know. That's obviously Commissioner Adam Silver. He did an interview with ESPN's Rachel Nichols uh, Wednesday, and yeah, he used that 30-day initial guideline as just basically a number to put out there uh, to give some idea. But you know, we've heard mid-June, and so Silver, being completely and totally honest, saying he does not know, and I don't think anybody knows, and that's going to be developed and determined over the coming weeks and probably over the coming months. The way we're looking at it. Who knows? He had some other stuff out there. You know, maybe having a game with uh, some players in a controlled environment to have some live sports uh, and have maybe the money go to some form of charity. There's all sorts of people out there who are suffering because of this, obviously. Uh, Yeah, if you want to, uh, I can live with it. I can live without it. It doesn't really matter to me. Uh, An exhibition game, if that's what you want to do, but... uh, who knows, you know, what, what, what the players are, would, would, would want to do as far as them being exposed to potential injury and all that stuff. Uh, and then he talked about, and this has been out there, it's been out there a while now. I mean, it's maybe a little more heightened. Starting the season later next season, uh, going from December starting into August. Christmas. Really makes no difference to me. Whatever. Do, do what you want. Have your season whenever you want to have it. Uh, I don't. I'm sure there's pros and cons to everything, uh, but at this point in my life, when the NBA season starts is pretty well low on the totem pole. I mean, I want a season just for the fun of it. That's for sure. I mean, I watch the Jazz and everybody, but the dates of when they play, that really doesn't matter to me. They can decide whenever they want to play. I've got no problem with whatever they're thinking uh, on that if they want to concentrate the season reduce games and don't want to reduce games extended longer as far as into the calendar year i'm fine with that i don't know do you have any uh issue on that is that a problem for you doesn't really matter to me i'm the type of guy i've wanted to see move back to start on christmas and push into the summer so that way when we essentially wrap up basketball right back into football it just keeps me going all year round uh yeah but i got i got enough stuff to keep me going I can get my motor running, get out on the highway, looking for adventure. Uh, Michelle Roberts, the player's uh, executive director, said she was, quote, disappointed in the criticism NBA teams and players have gotten for receiving access to the COVID-19 tests and sounded off on who she believes is responsible for the scarcity of the public tests in America. The federal government. Yeah, okay. That's what we need. We need to pour politics into this. Wondering if it would have been, let's just say, five years ago if she would have felt that same way. Hmm. Those are questions that are out there. Some people have the stones to ask them. Others don't. Uh, So she says there's nothing irresponsible about that because uh, the players, we know the Nets, and uh, here uh, on the list that uh, Jake has here, the Thunder have already received their results of their tests. Because the New York mayor, New York City mayor, Bill de Placio, yeah. went after them and he tweeted, We wish them a speedy recovery. Speaking of the Nets. The Nets, yeah. We wish them a speedy recovery, but with all due respect, an entire NBA team 
should not get tested for COVID-19 while there are critically ill patients waiting to be tested. Tests should not be for the wealthy, but for the sick. And Michelle Roberts, at the same time, as she blames the American government, uh, she said she understood the criticism, but reiterated, reiterated her criticism of how the government has handled the crisis. I get it, she said. People should not be having to wait in line. The at-risk population should be first to be tested. But GD it. Fortunately, I read that last night, so I did not read that live right now. (laughs) Thank you. But GD it. If the government had done what they were supposed to do, we wouldn't be competing for an opportunity to be tested. Now, I wonder if her candidate was in office, would she be saying that? And, I, and that goes for both sides. So I am, I am registered as an independent. Don't come at me and say I am for one side or the other. But uh, this criticism, you just it's politically motivated. Uh, at least I think so. And that's my feeling on it. And you can think otherwise. And I've got no problem with the way you think, too. Because you have a right to think the way you want to think. All right, that's your NBA right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Hashtag Major League Baseball. So we got each and every one of the Major League Baseball teams this week have pledged $30 million total to help cover the lost wages of ballpark employees who have been affected by the postponement of the big league season due to the virus. Well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people, man. One of the good things that I think has come from this, at least for me anyway, is that I've seen on social media and watching the news a number of the, the mom-pop businesses, particularly the restaurants, who stand to suffer. And these places that I wasn't aware of. You, know, you, you tend to go to your little circle and don't necessarily get out of it as far as going to places to eat. I know we do, my wife and I. But I saw some of these places, and I wrote them down. And when things clear up, I intend to spend some money at these places. Places that I wasn't aware of. Played us on State Street. I saw Channel 2 News did a big uh, thing on them and interviews the owner. And you know, another place that was started by a lady's grandfather in the 50s. And so I took note of that and I would like to patronize those when we're able to spend my money to try to help them because I'm obviously going to spend it to go out to eat a fair amount of times. I think we all do. So. I've made a note, and actually not just a mental note, but a physical note on some of these places so when things clear up that I can find ways to spend money there. Uh, Houston Astros ace Justin Verlander surgery and his groin Tuesday expected to miss about six weeks. Well, we have no idea when the baseball season is going to start, so for him that's probably good news. We'll see how that plays out as far as that goes. All right, that's What is Trending. It's brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. Phone number is 801-295-1690. Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, man. Hey, was that your first earthquake? How'd it go for you? We'll get to that next. Uh, also, in about an hour and 10 minutes, Joe Ingles. It's Thursday. He's going to be on. And then at the top of the 9 o'clock hour, Craig Bullerjack. Obviously, we know what he does. He'll be joining us. And we have a couple other uh, special guests joining us, too. So stay with us. We're back on the air. And very grateful to be back on the air. That's for sure. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. 
is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Ken Pomeroy joins us right now. We took a national vote and everyone has agreed you are the only one that is qualified to dub a national champ. Who is it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, reluctantly, I would say, you know, Kansas was clearly the best team by just about everybody's metrics. Certainly my system has them clearly as the best team. And I don't think you can find a system that doesn't have Kansas as number one. They would be it. But, you know, that just seems so unsatisfying because I I did run the numbers on their chances of actually winning the tournament. And obviously they had the biggest chances, but it was only 20%. So you're missing here these three weeks. That crazy stuff is going to happen. And this was such a wide open year. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. Oh my gosh, has there ever been a more appropriate liner? (laughs) Not sure there has been. So yesterday I'm doing the What's Trending, and I'm doing it from home. I'm in the studio today. I'm fifth floor, Vivint Smart Home Arena. Welcome back. Looking out over this dreary, rainy day. But I was doing it at home. And wow, all of a sudden, I thought, man, that is a strong gust of wind. And then it takes about five seconds. And we're having an earthquake. Holy freak. An earth, holy freak. What was it like here? I wasn't here. I was at home. Let's just put it this way. I don't want to experience that ever again in this building. That was scary. At what point did you know? Pretty quick. I was similar to you for a second. The first little rumble, I was wondering what they had fired up here at the arena. They were maybe fixing something or whatever. Uh But then it started really moving. I'm like, nope, that's an earthquake. We're in it. So it it took a split second, but I knew what it was pretty quick. Now, I'd been in many in California, and I got many stories. I told some of them in the prior segment. I hadn't experienced one until I went on my mission. This is a decade ago plus at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we keep hearing about ones here, but I never felt anything They're until really yesterday. Small, normally. Yeah, and so I don't know what it is that you have to have a certain amount of, what's the word, intensity that you need to be able Magnitude, to feel it. Magnitude, yeah. Magnitude, yeah, whatever that is. I, I don't know, what what's the cutoff? Is it... F- Five and a half, four and a half. I, I'm not sure. Well, I, don't know I think it really that. depends for everybody because just yeah. about about a year ago, this time, Saratoga Springs, that area where I live, Bluffdale area, was having a number of minor earthquakes that we would feel, but most of the Wasatch Front couldn't feel those. Right, I don't remember feeling any of those. So, yeah. How was it like your first time in Utah? So many of us. Joe Ingles tweeted out he'd never been through that. We'll have him on in an hour. Holy cow! Now, us Californians, I'm not really a Californian, but I did live there for about 10 years, so I have experience on that. I don't like it. How about another one? Another Californian. What was your experience like yesterday, native Californian? Is my native Californian there? Apparently, he cannot hear us. That's supposed to be our resident native Californian on our show. Because we've got a native New York, New Jerseyan, a native uh, Utahan, and then myself. And then DJ, who's a native Californian. Now, California folks, earthquakes are never good. But I think we have a, a little bit more experience on them. 
And you, everyone gets freaked out. We all get freaked out. That's for sure. We all know we're freaked out about them. And then we have to find a way to think, okay, how bad is this going to be? That for me, that's the number one thing that, that just makes me scared is now I haven't, I haven't experienced it in, I moved to, from the Los Angeles area in 1993, the summer of 93. So it's been a good long while since I've experienced any form of earthquakes Right. And with that in mind, it's like, all right, this was I never left California because I went right back into my thought is, oh, my gosh, how long is this going to last and how much damage is it going to be? What is going to happen here in the interim time? That's what's crazy. And it was not not funny, but I just went right back in the mode, even though it has been almost 30 years since I've experienced an earthquake. Once it hit, I just went right back into that same feeling of, "Uh uh-oh, here we go. And it's like there was no time had passed. And I felt the same feeling that I felt when the last one, whenever that was. Obviously, it was in the 90s, somewhere along the line. There was, uh, because I can recall several instances having earthquakes. One, I had a little townhouse in California, and they were showing it. They had uh, a bunch of realtors came through. It wasn't showing it to clients. It was showing it to realtors. And so they come through and, you know, usually when uh, a prospective buyer is going to come to your house, in this case, my townhouse, the owner is not there. They leave. It was just my wife and I. And she was at school teaching and I was working a lot of nights. So I was home during the day. And so they bring up uh, like a van full of realtors and then they go through and they check it out so then they can have the information that they need to relay it back to their clients right so it's probably about uh, about 10 to 15 realtors come through my little townhouse and as they come through we literally start having the earthquake <laughs> and <laughs> everybody you get in that panic mode because you don't know it's just for it doesn't last very long but you don't know how long it's going to last, and you don't know what level of damage, particularly down there where, you know, there's been some really, really nasty ones where people have died. And I've been down there where that's been the case. And we all remember the, the what, the San Francisco one when the, it was during the World Series. That was uh, the late 80s, right? And we know what happened there. I mean, that was extremely nasty. And so the funny thing is that it hit. We all stood there had that look of fear and panic on our faces, and then it goes away. And then they all said, well, at least we know now it's earthquake-proof. And it was, it was a new townhouse. I had only lived in it for a few years. So, yeah, what was your experience, man? Don't want to experience that again. And it caused us to be knocked off the air. And so we couldn't broadcast. So I'm sitting at home, and the last words I think I utter, I don't know what... Uh, what actually got on air or what not, what didn't get on air. But I have the headphones on because I have the remote equipment at home to try to keep the social distancing. Uh, I'm in studio today because DJ isn't here. Uh, but uh, in the beginning of the week, he was in studio. I was at home. And so I said, I think we're having an earthquake. Is that an earthquake? And on top of the virus situation, wow, man, can you imagine that? I don't think anybody can. At least I couldn't. And my wife was getting ready uh, to do some stuff. And so she leaves. She comes out of the bedroom. We're having an earthquake? Because we're, both of us were stunned. 
and just wow man this must be the end of the world yeah i don't know if that's the case but how did you survive it and then we're off the air silly me i thought once it ended that we would get right back on the air i had no idea how that would work i thought that all right we're off the air it's uh, during the earthquake things went things happened because I had the television on. I had it on already just to, just to have it on. No Because we usually have the TV on here all the time with no sound on, obviously, since we're doing the radio show. And I had it on. I think I had it on Channel 2 News just to, uh, because of, you know, you go, you go to sleep now and then you wake up, especially knowing that I've got to get up early. I go to sleep probably maybe a little bit earlier than most folks. And then you wake up, you're thinking, all right, what new news is out there today that I'm not going to like? Because it seems like with this virus thing, this is one thing after another that is not exactly sunshine news here. So I turned on the news and to just to see what was going on uh, with the sound down and then my TV anyway out in Sandy, it it went blank and then I have direct you know, one of the systems that I was using and then the thing comes on that uh, they put up a ding like well, when you get snow. And it says, uh, we understand there's an outage, don't call us, blah, blah, blah. So that was what was happening. So on that situation there, we knew about that. And all right, not going to call. But then their, their television came, it came back on. So I foolishly thought we'd be able to get back out on the air and uh, talking to Scott Gerard, and he's texting me, can you come in? And yeah, yeah, I can do whatever, no problem. Whatever needs to be done. And then I see that the governor puts out there, don't. If you don't have to come into downtown, don't. Well, this is obviously where it is here. We all know where the arena is. And so that didn't happen. And then a little while later, we find out we're going to be out off the air for the whole day. Grateful to be back, that's for sure. What a wild and crazy time, so to speak, that it has been. How did you like your first, not like, like's the wrong word. How did you deal with the first earthquake experience for many of you, you first timers? I put that up on Facebook. I'll read you some responses. Uh, Mark says, I was listening to you and was right on the I-80 exit southbound on I-15 and suddenly was getting tossed around by my 7,500-pound truck. Had no idea it was a quake. Thought it was a wind gust or a small tornado. Another odd thing that I've experienced in SLC. Yeah, when was that? We had that tornado. That was over 20 years ago. I was working at the Tribune at the time, and we were down on Main Street there was our building, and I was in that building right there in the afternoon. That's, uh, I want to say it was in July. Was it in the summer? Correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's what it was. Uh, so Mark says, but something was horribly wrong with my pickup. Now, I have been in a car when an earthquake is hit in California, and it starts pulling you, and your original thought, are you having a blowout? What are you having? I had, coming back last week, driving back from the basketball, I'm coming up uh, I-15, and I'm getting, I just, I'd pass Fillmore, and you know, you, you go over a little, come in the valley into Scipio if you're heading north. Well, I'm over in the uh, slow lane, and there's a truck, an eight, and a, a big truck, an 18-wheeler, and I'm back probably... 25 yards and the truck has a blowout and I hear this boom 
and oh my gosh, that scared the you know what out of me too. And then I see the rubber of the tire go shooting up. Now, fortunately, it shot to the right, so it didn't come at me. But that was that was a little harrowing. I've heard of those examples. That's the first time that's ever happened to me. I was big time nervous in that situation just for about a couple of seconds, and then I saw that the debris was going off to the side and it was coming not coming straight back at me. So that made me nervous. But when you're in your car and you have an earthquake, you probably think something is wrong with the car. And that's what uh, Mark is saying. And then he says, you guys lost the ability to speak, but I could hear intro music starting getting phone calls from work after that about power outages. And how about the aftershocks? The aftershocks were bad enough for me. I was glad I was driving for the bigger one. The one at 1.30 p.m. had me diving for a door jam. Yeah, I felt that one at 1.30 for sure. You're thinking, oh, my gosh. We got our native California now? Is our native Californian there? Probably not. <laughs> this is, <laughs> bear with us as we work through. I heard sound, but I did not hear voices. I'm not sure how that's going to be for the rest of the day, but it's going to make a long day for me, that's for sure, if that's going to be the case. So I'm going to drink plenty of water during the break here because it looks like I'm going to be talking solidly for three-plus hours to go. So, Neil, it felt like the time... My wife found out I had bought a new gun. There were aftershocks then as well. LOL. All right. You want to have a little humor? Danny, felt like a truck crashed into my workplace. I can buy all that. It had me shook. Scared me right awake. Were you sleeping? Anybody sleep through it? We got a 14-year-old who turns 15 tomorrow. My son slept through it. Yeah, but how old is he? Two. Okay. My daughter thought it was kind of cool, apparently. And how old is she? She's three. Kind of cool? She was just like, the mo- ground is shaking, Mom. <laughs> Talking to my wife. She figured it out right away? Well, she was, she, I don't know if she figured it out, but she was just like, hey, why is the ground moving? And she kind of thought it was fun. You guys, well, I, you were down here. So yes. she was in, in the house, I yep. suppose? Back at our house down there in Saratoga Springs, yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know how you could sleep through it. A couple guys on Facebook said they did sleep through it. I don't know how that would be the case. I really don't know how you could sleep through that. That seems like that would be difficult to sleep through. That seems like, at least where I was, with that type of commotion, with the walls shaking to that degree, that that would be something that you could actually sleep through. It's really hard for me to imagine that that would be possible. Uh, But I guess if you're a sound enough sleeper, maybe you did. All I know is it scared the you-know-what out of me. And uh, I think it's probably the same thing for you. And then I guess there was rumors out there that this was a precursor to a bigger one. People had to go on social media and say that wasn't true and all that stuff. Uh, because then your kids, you know, you don't know how they get, uh, how they find out stuff. And uh, especially if they have access to the Internet, because then they hear stuff and then they imagine things and then they get scared. So we had to deal with that as far as that goes. There's going to be more blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know where you got that. And I mean, all day long and including in, into the evening, my 14 year olds ask me, are we going to have another one? 
When do you think another one is? And I'm saying the experts don't have any. Oh, yes, they do. They just don't want to tell us. <laughs> Where are you getting this information from? But stuff gets out there and their friends start circulating stuff. And yeah, no, no, they know. They know when it's coming. They just don't want to tell us because they don't want to be scared. I'm trying to reason with her. Well, actually, if they knew, they would prepare us for it. That would be actually, it would be the absolute opposite. We would be prepared for it rather than having to be unprepared for it because if you were prepared for it you stand a better chance to withstand it don't you think so i'm trying to logic something that is ridiculous in the premise to begin with but that's what you're faced with that's what you got going here and so it doesn't make any sense but the fear and the misinformation particularly in a young mind and they have access you know when i was 14 and uh, you had, well, I, I never experienced any earthquakes until I was in my 20s before I moved to California. There were not that I'm aware of that I can remember any in New Jersey and Arizona where I lived and split time growing up. So, uh, but if I did had and would have experienced it, I would have been isolated unto myself. But now these kids have so much access to stuff that's out there and you're having to debunk theories to make sure that they're not afraid. So that was our day. Now we're back. Although we're not back completely, apparently, but we're back. There's a lot of duct tape in this <laughs> studio getting things And that's there. what we were told. Yeah. That's really amazing to me that it did all this damage. Well, the biggest issue with our equipment here at the studios, PK, was when the power went out and when it finally came back on, electrical surges, everybody who's ever seen a power outage, well, sometimes when things are still powered on and when that power comes back on, it can mess with circuits and burn certain units up etc so we've had our issues i was a yeoman's effort by our engineers to get us back on air so we are back on air phone apparently is an issue that we thought we had resolved but it's not resolved as it stands well we'll find out how that works throughout the morning this is live radio and we're doing it as we go and so uh who the freak knows but you know a lot of stuff going on in our world one of the things that's going on in our world that no longer is going on in our world really has got me today. Today's, of all the days, I think today is the day that I hit it and feel the most. And I'll explain what I'm saying next. Stay with us. 97.5, 1280, The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Zero-Res Carpet Cleaning has proven in lab tests to remove more dirt and soils than any other methods. Our patented technology is the best in the industry. Schedule your Zero-Res Cleaning today, just $33 per room, and the fourth room is for free. Call Zero-Res at 801-288-9376 or check them out online at ZeroResSaltLake.com. All right. So all of our sports has been postponed, hiatus. We don't have any live sporting events. How you been able to roll with it? I think for me so far, I've been able to roll with it at the professional level. 
because they haven't used the word canceled. They've used the word postponed, right? And so with that in mind, to me, since we're uh, a little bit of a more than a week out now, it's been like an all-star break, particularly with the NBA. We'll deal with the NBA because MLB, we don't have spring training here, and MLB hasn't started yet. So I haven't felt the loss of that. And the NBA hasn't used the word cancellation at all. So in my mind, it's an all-star break. And they extended the all-star break a few years back to make it last a week. So that's the way I'm thinking because they're still talking about resuming the season at some point. Nothing has been to the point where it's not going to resume. So I can live with that. Now, obviously, I'd much rather be playing games and all that stuff and have everybody's life be normal. Everybody wants that, and I'm right there with it. But today's the day that this is today is where it's really hitting me. Because today is the day, the Thursday in March, around this time every year, that we have the full bore of the NCAA tournament going into effect, right? Now, I realize there was the, the play-in games, I still call them, that would have been played the last couple of nights, and they were out. But now we've got to where the field of 64 is set, and everybody's in there. And with that in mind, man, to not have it be played today, this really, really needs to not happen. But nevertheless, it is happening. (laughs) And today of all the days, I think today is the day that I feel it the most. Because at 10 o'clock this morning, I'm used to, this is a great day, today and tomorrow, where you have morning live events that really, really matter. I mean, there's nothing like the NCAA tournament. I don't think anything, any tournament that we have, nothing compares to it. It's not the highest level of play. I understand all that. I don't care about that, though. That doesn't make any, that doesn't matter to me. And you're getting some teams that are crappy and they get drilled. I understand all that. But I don't care. And so not having the NCAA tournament today. Now, this is selfish because I'm just speaking for me and what I'm missing. And it has nothing to do with what the kids are missing. Young guys, young gals that we've been playing in the NCAA tournament, they don't get that opportunity, particularly for these seniors And I guess I feel the most for BYU seniors. Utah State was in the tournament last year, and obviously they're back this year. They would have been back this year. They're one of the few teams they can guarantee that they would be in, them and Gonzaga and a few others had won their conference tournaments. And to not have that, at least for Utah State, most of those guys experienced it last year, plus they walk off the court on a game-winner virtually at the buzzer, to beat San Diego State, which had only had one loss. And because they had moved their tournament up a week this year, I think they got pretty much maximum exposure because San Diego State was so good and only had had one loss and was in the rank, ranked in the top five and was bearing down on the number one seed. I think that, that just captured our attention. And it was a local team and a local guy, Sam Merrill, making that shot. That was so cool. We had Sam on earlier in the week. And to have that be their lasting memory, whereas BYU, uh, you know, I don't want to say it's their lasting memory, but their last memory 
wasn't very good. You know, they played way below their capability against St. Mary's. And they needed the tournament. I mean, Utah State walks off as having captured the Mountain West tournament. That's pretty good. Especially against a team that was nationally ranked. What did they finish? Sixth, seventh? The final thing came out yesterday. I glanced at it. And I guess that's going to have to be the standing for this season. Somehow that particular ranking is, which didn't really matter that much, is now taking on more importance because that's all we have. But for the Cougars, you know, they had that. I, I had, I've been around a long time now and I've been in press conferences where teams lose and you know, it doesn't really affect me that much. I'm not a big caught up in winning and losing. You've heard me say that a thousand times. But watching those guys walk down the hall to get in the press conference, Mark Pope and uh, Yoli Childs and Jake Tolson that were up there, to see their man, just the uh, disappointment in their faces, they needed this other opportunity that was going to begin today. And they don't get it. And so, of all these cancellations, and... Spring sports are canceled, too. They're going to get that year back, most likely. To have that not happen. Selfishly, I feel a sense of loss. And then for them, for some reason, it's really hitting home today. Not as much when it happened. Because it didn't seem real when it was happening. And when it was first announced, what was it, late last week, that these things were going to be canceled it's like, uh, it doesn't seem real. It's it's fake. It's a mirage. It's not going to happen. They'll figure out a way. But now that here we are, and we're two hours away from where this tournament should have begun, then it's really, really hitting. Because the excitement, I've been to many tournaments throughout the country, many times over, when I worked for the Watchdog and I was covering the University of Utah basketball and then later on BYU, and those guys went to the tournaments. Obviously, Utah was going, except for my first year, I think they went every single year after that. That first year was 93-94, Van Horn's uh, freshman year. They didn't go. I think they finished 14-14. and 14. They had a bunch of injuries and and suspensions and whatnot, and so I think that was uh, Majerus's worst season that he'd had at Utah. Happened to be my first year which didn't bode well for us and our relationship, but nevertheless, that's long gone. And so with that in mind, that became the annual time this year. Adrenaline was always flowing. It was always so fun for me. And then the Utes got really good in a hurry. And then it was just, okay, where are you going in this country? And then where are you going the second week? Because a lot of the times they made it to the second week. It was rare that they didn't. They were playing in the Sweet 16 a whole bunch of times when I was there covering them. So it was so much fun. And to be able to go into those towns, wherever they may be, I can't even remember them all. I'd have to sit back and, and think. And then you walk up to the arena on the morning of, and so much action, so much excitement. And we've had it here in the arena where the Jazz play, Vivint uh, Smart Home now. And since we're on the fifth floor and we overlook the statues, well, many of you know where our studios are. So you start just overlooking the, uh, what's that, the uh, southeast corner of the plaza. And so you start to see all the people start to come and start to, not loiter, but just linger to be on the grounds. And the excitement level just goes through the roof. And it's not happening. That's a blow. Now, if it did happen, what would have happened? Fantasy time. 
We'll get to that next. Stay with us. 97.5, 1280 The Zone.